Did you know that right now there's a group of people running the business of their dreams? They are respected leaders in their field, working with clients they love and serving them profitably. Now, are they famous? Depends on who you ask. They're not signing autographs at the grocery store or taking selfies every five minutes. They're not trying to be everywhere on social media. Yet when they show up at trade events and conferences, they are recognized and sought after. They're the ones everyone else looks up to. They're the next generation of thought leaders in their space. So what's their secret? Well, they've become famously influential to the right people, and so can you. Today, we'll dig into the story of one of these leaders and deconstruct how they became micro-famous. You won't just come away inspired, you'll come away with a new strategy and a new way of thinking. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and chasing every shiny object, you can move forward with confidence and clarity. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder and author of Microfamous. And if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Microfamous Conversations. I'm super excited for you to be here. I've got a really incredible conversation to share with you today with Steve Anderson. He's the founder of Orange.Coaching. And Steve is a, a really great example of spending a lot of time in the industry you are familiar with reaching the the top heights essentially of that industry and then turning around and wanting to give back and coach and mentor people who are coming up behind you in your industry. And to me, those are some of my favorite people to work with because it's an example of really building enduring influence within a niche. And that is not something that can be manufactured out of nowhere. Um, there's certain things that you can do to accelerate the process of building influence. And certainly all of those things are contained in the microfamous strategy. But Steve is a really great example of someone who spent really, really incredible amounts of time, not just in his space, but networking with everybody, creating opportunities for thought leadership, bringing people in his industry together, and, and doing all these things that have built an incredible amount of real enduring influence in the space. And as a result, he doesn't have to do as much to build influence anymore because that's been established. And now he can cherry pick and work with clients he's really passionate about helping. And, and I know that there's a lot of people listening that would like to be able to do that same thing and run a lifestyle coaching business, working just with clients that you love. And so that's really what we went deep on. We also talked a little bit about events. We talked a little bit about how he's done events for his space in the past and some of the things that he's doing right now for marketing and continuing to do, such as the podcast that he hosts, Profiles in Leadership, which I was privileged to be a guest on, and, and how those things tie into how he's maintaining that, that status of being micro-famous within his space and then capitalizing on that influence that he's built to attract the right type of clients. And so if that's the type of business that you want, if that sounds like an ideal to you, then this is the episode for you. So he, again, he's the founder of Orange.Coaching, which he's got a really interesting of kind of a background story of how the coaching company came to be named that. That's about halfway through. So make sure to stick around for that. But without further ado, let's bring in the conversation with Steve Anderson of Orange.Coaching. Steve, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It was a blast to be on your podcast, and we had such a great time that we scheduled this as a follow-up, and I wanted to dig into your business. So, uh, so let's start there. I gave people a little bit of a prelude, but give us an, uh, like when people ask you what you do, because you, you do a few different things, and you coach some different types of people and organizations, and you've done a lot in your background. When people ask you now, hey, Steve, what do you do? What do you tell them? Um, I'm an executive coach, and basically what that means to me is that uh, 
uh, you, you know, I help people figure out how to lead other people and how to lead teams. And, and what, I, what I see is that, you know, people get successful and they get to high, high level positions. And, and a lot of times it's because they're driven, they're aggressive and, and they're smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, then sometimes they get there and they don't really have the culture they, they wish they had. And yeah. so um, I, I help people develop cultures and develop communication styles that help build those cultures. And I think that's the, the real special sauce of, of having a great company is, is, is leading people into a culture that really works. And, and just so folks uh, that are kind of in your same space understand uh, where you're coming from, who's your bread and butter client? Uh, well, as you know, I'm a physical therapist, and so a lot of my contacts through, through my career have been in the physical therapy world. So there's a lot of uh, uh, PT owner directors that, that have their own businesses, and so I work with a lot of those people. But I've also branched out into other business opportunities as well. I've worked with a construction company. I've worked with uh, uh, leaders in, in tech and so on. So, uh, you know, really what it comes down to is we're all dealing with the same issues. Uh, That's you true. Know, it doesn't really matter what business you're in. And, and, uh, you know, I just look at my background of being a physical therapist as, you know, to be a good physical therapist, you have to be a great listener. You have to, uh, uh, hear all these things about somebody's life and, and what they're doing and then, and then take that down and come up with a, a plan to, to go forward. And, and it's, it's not a whole lot different uh, when you, when you work, dealing with leaders is here's where you've been, here's your experience and, and here's where you'd like to go. So how do we get there? Interesting. Uh, and tell me a little bit about the transition from, from going from being an active PT, then the CEO of a, of a, a, a company, I think it was a chain uh, from, my, from, from our first conversation. Did you start coaching like actively on the side while you were still a CEO or did you kind of break clean and then get in, into coaching after that? Yeah, so I, I was a CEO of Therapeutic Associates, which is a private physical therapy company in the Pacific Northwest, and it has a uh, hundred um, uh, offices now, and, and it's it's wow. a big company. Yeah, and so um, uh, I was the CEO there for nineteen years, and and so what my specialty at the time, or what what I looked back and said, what am I best at? And it's really being that that culture coach, that developing culture and, and mentoring leaders as they come through and so on. And so um, when it came time for me to, to move on from that position uh, to do something else, I said, you know, what am I good at and what feeds my joy and, and, and what, what, where's my passion at? And it's that working with leaders, developing leaders. I always thought of my role as a leader, the most important thing I could do was develop other leaders. And so uh, when I retired from the company, then I did go uh, start my own company called Orange Dot Coaching. And I just, um, uh, you know, reached out to people and, and got some clients and, you know, word of mouth. And, and so uh, it's, um, it's not a full-time gig for me because I'm, I'm semi-retired, <laughs> but I sure enjoy doing, uh, doing what I do with, uh, with leaders. And, and tell me just, because I know, because I checked out the website, but for people that are listening, tell them what the story behind the Orange Dot yeah, so uh, when my children became of uh, drinking age and we would have dinner at holidays or they would have friends over, uh, whatever, uh, sometimes they'd say, you know, they'd want to drink the wine, you know, the wine that we were drinking. Right. That, that all worked good and fine. But uh, one time I was out of town and, and my oldest daughter said, hey, I had some friends over. I hope you're okay. But, you know, I there was some wine and so we drank it, you know, and whatever. So when I came home, it was really nice wine. <laughs> Uh, so from that point on, we came up with a system where I'd put an orange dot 
on all the bottles of wine that meant that you had to ask dad before you could drink that bottle of wine. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, when we were coming up, I was coming up for the name of the company. My wife uh, kind of came up with this idea, which I, I liked, which is, well, why don't you have orange dot coaching in the sense that you're putting orange dots on these leaders because they're, they're better and, and uh, they, they improve with time. And, and, uh, and it's something that's, um, that's more than the everyday thing. So that's how the, the name of orange dot coaching. Came <laughs> and, and where, like you mentioned that you kind of started to reach out and, and your first initial round of clients obviously came from your space and they continue to come from that space. Uh, what do you think has been the most effective thing for you in terms of gaining new clients, especially the, the ideal, just that, that mm, bread and butter sweet spot clients, where do they typically tend to come from? Yeah. You know, to be honest, Matt, they just, they just come from a word of mouth. You know, mm-hmm. somebody says, Hey gosh, I wish I had a coach or I wish I could have help here. And then somebody says, well, I've been working with Steve and he's really good. And so it's kind of word of mouth that way. Uh, the other thing I have done and it, and I didn't do this just to get clients, but I think it's helped some too, is I do have a podcast called profiles and leadership. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I interview leaders, um, and, not only the physical therapy world, but in the business world as well. And as we mentioned at the start of the show, I interviewed you just earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just learned from, from leaders and, and people say, well, why do you do it? And, and my, my answer is always, cause every time I do it, I learn something, mm-hmm. you know, I learn something from somebody that I'm interviewing. And so, uh, um, you know, I, and, and over time you start to get guests and more interesting guests. Um, I just, uh, this morning I just did a podcast and I interviewed uh, Gabby Reese, who's amazing. And, uh, so it's, um, you know, I learned something from her today, this morning. So that's why I do it. Cause it's, uh, it's, it's just something that really, um, uh, I really enjoy and, and brings me uh, joy internally. Uh, but through that, people have listened to the podcast, have really enjoyed it, and then have reached out to me um, saying, you know, hey, you, are you interested in working together? And I absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting some uh, clients from that as well. Excellent. And uh, does, does that go out to your email list and whatever social media platform you're active on and things like that to kind of keep yourself, like use the podcast to keep yourself visible to the people that are already in your world? Yeah, exactly. I'm, um, I promote it through, uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn mm-hmm. and, um, and Twitter are, are my four main ones that I, that I use. And, and that seems to, to work pretty well and, and, uh, cover a gamut of people. And you know how those things change, you know, Facebook's hot for a while. Now it's not Then Instagram is the thing to do. And so, you know, yeah. um, you just have to kind of be aware of what's, what's trending and what's good and what people see. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's hot right now? What's not. Um, and then on top of that, do you do, do you go out and speak? Do you go do attend some of the industry events, especially in the PT world? Yes. Uh, so I was, um, uh, the president of the private practice section of the American physical therapy association between 2002 and 2008. So that's a national position. So I got a lot of, uh, exposure there, uh, ran the meetings, uh, did a lot of speaking there, mm-hmm. uh, I've also um, been asked to speak at physical therapy schools, and and I've also uh, at certain conferences throughout the nation. I, I I'm a speaker as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things that we talk about in the micro famous book that I think a lot of beginner coaches, if I could put it that way, like coaches that are not necessarily coming out of a strong base of having their own niche and they're getting into coaching for whatever reason. Um, a lot of times they look at their idols in coaching, the people that they respect and look up to, 
And they don't realize that a lot of those folks came out of a, a, a kind of a home base. Like they had an industry or they maybe they were part of a big company where the company did events all the time and put them in front of thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of people. And there, I know a lot of the coaches that end up being really successful, when you dig into their background, they had something like that. They had, they may not have intended it to be that way, but it ended up being a launch pad for their coaching business because that that industry or the space that they were in or the organization they were part of were putting them on stage in front of people for years before they decided to get into coaching. And there's just a lot of people that overlook the power of that. And they try to jump into coaching right off the bat without having any sort of a launch pad first. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I fit your micro famous, uh, uh, um, uh, idea very well in the sense, I hope this doesn't sound too ego, but in that world, that physical therapy world, especially in the private practice world of that, um, you know, inside that I'm well known, uh, but I can go to the grocery store and I can go outside and no one knows who I am. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> definitely in that niche that I'm well known. And so yeah. it, uh, it fits that micro famous, uh, tag pretty well. Yeah, which I think, you know, it, 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 it's like a virtuous cycle. And we may have talked about that on, on our last conversation on your podcast, where once you do become micro famous in your space, like you said, like most of your referrals, and most of your bread and butter clients come from word of mouth. But if you were just walking into the PT industry off the street, you're not going to get the bread and butter clients in that space by word of mouth, just by virtue of the fact that you're awesome. You know, like you have such a reputation that you spent years and years cultivating, uh, even before you were in coaching that now there's, there's a payoff, right? There's a, there's a reaping of, of the rewards of all those years of work and building up the reputation and like building up real enduring influence. Um, there's only so many things you can do to shortcut that process, you know? Yeah. So, um, so in terms of, so you've got the podcast, you've got word of mouth, you've got speaking. What's your opinion on, uh, on what, like what, what you're seeing right now in terms of your industry and the circles that you run in? Do you see events coming back later this year? Are you starting to book and get some interest for things for next year already, like some of our other clients are? Yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting time, that's for sure. And, and most of our national association conferences uh, that we're used to doing have been pretty much canceled through uh, through the rest of this year. Yeah, so we do have one annual conference at the first of November that hasn't officially be, been canceled yet, but you know, I'll be surprised if they can pull it off. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a very different, uh, you know, we're all getting used to zoom, you know, and then yeah. and doing things like that in a, in a very different way. So, um, not, nothing on the horizon that way right now, for sure. Is that, is that causing you to shift anything or do you still have the word of mouth that kind of carries you through and then the events were optional well, anyway? You know, to be honest, uh, if I'm being transparent here, uh, unfortunately, uh, as an executive coach, people are trying to cut expenses and, uh, um, you know, trying to, to, to be more lean. A lot of times, you know, a coach is, is something to go. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not as busy as I was uh, before <laughs> COVID, that's for sure. Yeah. And it's an interesting dynamic because, you know, if, you know, I don't try and sell it this way, but, but, you know, maybe I should is that, you know, they probably need me now more than ever uh, because trying to figure out how to maneuver through this um, crisis that we're in and, and how to keep your people, um, you know, keep that culture going and whatever is, is more important mm-hmm. than ever. Uh, but, you know, everyone's revenues down, so they're trying to reduce costs. And um, so, uh, you know, it just goes right down the chain and I'm part of that too. Yeah. 
Well, I want to ask you a little bit about the leadership coaching side of it and some things that you've noticed, uh, some best practices, maybe some mistakes that you've made that you've corrected and, and as your coaching has evolved. Um, before we jump into that part of the conversation, I want to take a step back. What's the best way for people to connect with you? And then, especially since we've kind of gone over who your bread and butter client is, uh, tell people just about the podcast real quick and where to get in touch with you personally to send you a referral. Okay. The podcast is called Profiles in Leadership and it's on Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms too, all the other popular ones. So if you just search Profiles in Leadership with Steve Anderson, it should come up Perfect. and you can subscribe to that. And I try and uh, do at least two a month. So I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, super prolific, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, that, that keeps me busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had some great guests. I've had uh, Daniel Pink. I've had, yeah. um, you know, Senator Tom Daschle. I told you I did uh, Gabby Reese this morning. So uh, I'm getting some good, some good guests and they're just very interesting. So I'd encourage people to check that out. Mm-hmm. You can also reach me through orange.coaching.com and that's orange, the word dot coaching.com. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You have to clarify that. My dad kept telling me that he couldn't find my website. And I finally said, dad, I told you it's orange.coaching. Well, he was orange and putting a, you know, a period yeah. coaching and it wouldn't come up. So um, now I have to make sure I say the word dot coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and, and then, you know, I'm totally open to people emailing me as well. So my email address is Steve Anderson PT at outlook.com. And, uh, you can send me a message that way as well. And you can find me on Instagram and, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, so on. Perfect. Okay. So in the course of coaching leaders, uh, first of all, do you work a lot with their teams? Do you tend to work with the executive exclusively? What's your, what's your feelings on, and your experience been there? Right. And, and I do both, but I'll tell you in a perfect world, if I can work with the CEO leader and the executive team, that's where it really gets, it's great. And, and my feeling has been that, you know, the, you know, everything's about communication and how you communicate with people and how you lead people and, and understanding the, the team that, or the people you work with. You know, there's a lot of the personality uh, tests out there, um, you know, whether it's uh, uh, personalysis or, um, you know, uh, I, I like one called insights, you know, so you, you figure out the personality types of people and then how to communicate with them. I think a, a big problem that, that a lot of people have is that a leader will talk to everybody in the same way. But we know there's four different personality types. So if I'm a real analytical person and you talk to me with big vision, big picture, big, you know, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. On the other hand, if I'm one of those visionary people and you talk to me all about data and analytics, I'm bored in 10 seconds. And so you have to find a way to talk to each of these individuals in a language that resonates with them. So let's say I have an executive team and and I've done a good job of building diversity on that team as far as thought, Mm -hmm. then I may have to say something in four different ways, but say the same thing, but I have to do it in four different ways to connect to everybody so that, so it resonates. Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of people don't really understand that. They think, well, you know, they're, they're speaking the language that speaks to them who's giving it, but that's not what sticks. So you have to, you have to be able to communicate and and talk to people in a way that, that it resonates with them and say, Oh, okay, I get what he's talking about. And, and you, you have to do it in different ways with different people. 
So how do you, uh, how do you incorporate that into the coaching? Because you mentioned it's best case scenario is to work with the CEO and the executive team, which I've heard from other leadership coaches. They definitely want to get the team involved and they want there to be communication directly between other members of the team and you as the coach kind of, so you have like a, a fingertip feel of the whole process. Are you walking every single one of the executive members through personality testing and then doing like group exercises to where they get to know each other's communication style and how to communicate? Like how do you structure that so that that actually permeates down into them and how they behave on a day-to-day basis? Right. So uh, what works the best in my opinion is to do uh, uh, surveys with the, with the CEO and all the executive team members Mm -hmm. and then kind of have, you know, what works best is to like to have a leadership retreat and then go over, um, you know, this is who I am. Uh, you know, as far as the, the personality traits that I have. And then we look at and see what the other team members are. And then we try and understand how language use and how we use it uh, connects with each one of those people. So, you know, you can make it fun. It's uh, you do exercises and team building things and you laugh at each other. And, uh, you know, most of the times if you use a good tool, uh, most people agree with what comes out. It's like, God, you know, the best right. I've ever had was somebody said, how did you get the phone number of my mother? You know, because, it, because the survey came back, like, this is exactly me. It's like, they're, 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 oh. they're, yeah, I ate <laughs> like they called us. It sounded like they called his mom and asked him. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of them hit it right on. And then, so mm-hmm. the first thing is you have to understand yourself first. Yeah. You know, what, what personality type I, am I? How do I communicate? What resonates with me? And once I understand that, then I have to know the rest of my team. And, and then, then it gets just down to the better you know each one of those team members, uh, the better you can communicate with them because you know what, what language that they need to hear, you know what their experiences have been. And, and uh, to me, that's just the real key. So for that type of coaching where you're really digging into communication styles and you're building the communication strength within the executive team, I guarantee you that's probably not what they think they need because they probably have their eyes on some other pain, some other problem, which is causing them to reach out to somebody to begin with. What do you feel like is the trigger that they think is the real issue, which is why they reach out to you to begin with? Yeah, that's a really good point because I think the things that I notice the most is most leaders are overwhelmed. That's the word I keep coming to. They're just overwhelmed. There's so many things that they feel they have to do and they just can't get on top of it. So they feel like they're running around like crazy. So that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, uh, they don't realize a lot of people that hire me as a coach want me to tell them what two or three things to do to make them more profitable. And I keep telling them that that's not how it works. To me, you, you, you put the time and money and energy into becoming a better leader and communicating better and then the profits follow. And so I try to get them to look at that mindset because to me, uh, you know, if it was that easy, then, then everybody would be doing it and, and there wouldn't be an issue. So this is, this, is, this is work. It's hard work. And you have to realize that you got to put in the time. Uh, you know, if you talk to uh, uh, people that are really into cultures and, and um, uh, you know, Popkey is kind of the, the big culture guy, you know, in, in the literature and so on. He says that if you know what your culture is, most people don't know what their culture is. Mm-hmm. But if you know what your culture is and you want to move it from A to B to a different culture, it takes three years of being very, very uh involved and intent on making that change. So this isn't something that happens overnight. 
so, you know, I, I think that's daunting for people to hear that sometimes, you know, they, they're, everyone's looking for the quick fix. But if you want a, a company that's sustainable and, and lasts the test of time and continues to evolve, I think you have to take a long term vision of this thing and, and just realize that uh, um, it's an ongoing, evolving process that that uh, you can't always see. Like a lot of people say, well, what's my return on investment if I pay you this much money for you know, six months or nine months or whatever. And then I always say, I can't tell you that. I, I can just tell you that if we work hard and we and you're open to change and, and we have a real intention of what we're doing, it'll be different. But what it looks like, I can't tell you. It, it, it evolves. Yeah. And is there, you mentioned um, uh, the kind of the culture. Is I'm curious, who is your, the person you look up to, maybe a thought leader in the leadership space that has influenced your thinking and your coaching approach? Is there anyone in particular that jumps out? Uh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a kick out of this because I know that you're a musician, but a book that really resonated with me, and this goes to my personality type, is a guy by the name of uh, uh, Frank Barrett who wrote a book called Say Yes to the Mess. <laughs> and he is a jazz pianist. And so he, he compares a jazz band to a company and he says, you know, just think of jazz band, you know, sometimes it's messy. Someone's off, you know, going on, you know, some solo and you're like, where's he going, you know, whatever. And so you got to kind of support him and, and find out. And, and, and when everyone's understanding each other and everyone's communicating well, then you hit the jazz groove and everyone knows it when you hit it, yeah. uh, but it's not always there. And so you have to be willing to let others lead. You have to be willing to support people when they're doing their thing. And you have to be willing to realize that your part will make something sound better in the long run than just you individually doing your own thing. So uh, I love the analogy. And, and uh, you know, we've talked before that, the, the, that you're a musician and I'm more of a wannabe musician. But, uh, you know, that resonated with me how that works. So that's that's an example. Um, uh, say yes to the mess. Yeah, say yes to the mess. And what the, the story of the book is, and this is what a leaders always want too, is they want, they want to fix something so it runs perfectly and it's, it's no problem and you go forward, but it's messy. So just yeah. accept it. It's just, it's just part of the process. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it never goes exactly like you want it to. I don't care how hard you work at it. So you just know that that's going to happen. And then you know uh, how to, how to, you know, go through the mess. And, and then every once in a while you hit the groove and then it's like, oh, this is awesome, you know, <laughs> but then something else comes up. Yeah, I was going to say that. And that's, that is a, such a great analogy because, you know, if you've played in a band, you know that those times when everything just fits in and you're grooving, yeah. they're magical, but they're also not all the time. Yeah. You can have the same musician, same lineup. You can show up to practice and it's magical one time and the next time it's a struggle. Same people, you know, um, and so it's, it's really good. Like that analogy is, is good on a lot of different levels, but it is really good to keep in mind that when you do fall in and you do have that groove, like enjoy it while it lasts and maximize it for all it's worth because that just isn't automatically your new normal. Like that is, that is an exception to, not an exception to the rule in a negative sense, but it's just, it's, it's the top, it's, it's kind of the peak, you know, and you want to spend as much time in the peak as possible while also still realizing it's the peak and you can't stay at the peak all the time and that's okay. The goal is to just get back there and groove as much as you can and get the musicians back on, back on time, back in the groove with you. Um, but it does help because it's, it's so, 
man, it's really tempting when things are going well to think, well, I've broken through and this is now the new normal. And then when anything happens to derail that, you, like you take it internally as, oh man, what did I do wrong? Well, maybe, maybe something, but also maybe nothing, you know, like it could just be like, that's the way business and people are. Exactly. We're unpredictable, you know? Mm -hmm. So as soon as you sit back and think, oh man, I've got it made now. Everything's going perfect. I guarantee you that something's going to happen. That <laughs> that's true. I do think twice about that. <laughs> yeah. So very true. All right, Steve, this has been awesome. I appreciate it. And I hope people go check out the podcast. Uh, my episode will be coming out soon. So that's Profiles in Leadership on all of the major platforms. Uh, and then orange.coaching.com for your service. And I hope if anybody's listening, uh, if you're in the coaching business, if you're in maybe an adjacent uh, especially health fields. So any of the optimization clinics, if you're in chiropractic, if you're any, anything like that, where you get a client where it's a little bit out of your specialty because they're in physical therapy or anything closely related to that. And it's outside of your specialty. Uh, Stephen, I hope they keep in, keep you in mind and reach out to you because um, that's definitely, you've got such a wealth of experience in that and you're micro famous in that space um, that they should absolutely send you referrals. Um, and, uh, I hope that they do. So again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Micro Famous Podcast. If you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, connect with us at getmicrofamous.com. It's the best way to take the next step to implementing the Micro Famous strategy in your business so you can attract an audience, build influence, and become the Micro Famous leader you're meant to be. And we'll see you on the next episode.